Of course, this is my last Mass in our, these parishes. Uh, for the weekend, of course, I have the funeral Mass tomorrow and I have um, two weekday Masses yet. And uh, it's pr- with profound gratitude that I uh, have appreciated this last year, but I, I need to warn you, if you make me any more thankful, I might pull an Elisha and uh, pray to God and have you all receive a baby in the next year, <laughs> including you. <laughs> you got to love the scriptures because, uh, I mean, they're funny. Uh, in, in the danger of being called a racist, I, I am going to share a story. Uh, he was a, a wonderful teacher, one of the best uh, theologian, uh, theology teachers I had, but he was first generation Japanese. Uh, Japanese-American, and had a heavy accent. And most of the time, we, we knew what he was saying, but every once in a while, we had to really stop and, now, what is he saying? What is he, uh, what is he asking? There were two times in particular in the course that we had to say, wait a minute, stop, Father. Um, can you stop and tell us what word you're trying to say? And both of the times, it was so bad that he had to go to the board and write it out. Thank God for that. But uh, the first time was, we have a heathen God. A what? A heathen, a heathen God. A heathen God? We're we're not heathens. No, heathen, heathen. H-I-D-D-E-N. Oh, hidden God. Yes, yes, we do have a hidden God. And then it all made sense, everything that he had said up to the point. But the other time is we have a vicious God. Vicious God. Are you talking more about those heathen gods that worship fish? Uh, what, what do you mean, vicious God? Vicious God? Well, God isn't vicious. He, I mean, he, he, you know, he's capricious at times if you, if you read, read it, but he's not. No, 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 no. Vicious, vicious. J E A L O U S. Oh, jealous. A jealous God. Apparently, in how he was taught, the J was he explained it all. So from then on, we knew, okay, this is how we translate uh, those those little words that are not pronounced in the way we might be accustomed. But I've always thought about that, that we do serve a God who is very jealous. In this day and age, that word jealousy has an evil connotation, uh, uh, you know, husbands who are jealous of their wives uh, do some terrible things. Wives who are jealous of their husbands do some terrible things, too. All you have to do is read some court cases to see what jealousy can, can really pull out of people. But jealousy in the original sense isn't that sense of, if you do such and such, I'm going to do violence to you. It's rather, I demand all of you. I want all of you. I don't want just half. I don't want just part. I want all. And we have a God who's jealous in that way. He wants all of us. And today in this gospel passage, Jesus tells us, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me, we might add, whoever loves brother or sister, whoever loves parent or grandparent, whoever, whoever loves neighbor, more than me. But doesn't that seem odd? Because after all, doesn't Jesus tell us to love our neighbor? But 
What Jesus is getting at, what Jesus is instructing us, is something deeper. See, we, if we have a human concept of love, we think that all this love is divided. That I can love this person, that person, that person, this person, and it all gets divided. And you who are parents know your love isn't divided if you really are living the sacrament of marriage out. It isn't divided, is it? You can love your spouse and you can love your children. You love them in different ways. But you love your children, and there's, there's plenty of love to go around. It's not divided out, parceled out. And I think part of the reason it might not be parceled out is because you instinctively are living this gospel passage. When we love God first, it makes it possible to love everyone else better. And actually, we need to correct ourselves because we don't love God first. John, St. John tells us, God first loved us. God first loves us. And so when we receive that love of him, then we, we want to make a response. We want to make a return. It's the same kind of uh, impetus that drove Elisha to bless the woman who was so generous with him. We want to make a return to the one who loves us. And God loves us infinitely, and so we need to love him totally. We're human beings, we cannot love infinite like he does. But we can love as total as we can. And when we love God totally, then, and only then, can we really properly love the people in our lives around us. I've seen it, I'm sure you have too, of people who really don't have a whole lot of love of God. And they really don't have a whole lot of love of neighbor. It's very odd that we might find somebody who has a love of neighbor, but a true love of neighbor, but no love of God whatsoever. But I think it's equally odd to find somebody who has a love of God, but no love of neighbor whatsoever. Again, when we love God because he first loves us, that love is multiplied, not divided. And it makes it possible to love everyone else, but we love God more. And when we come to that sort of love, that that sense of love, we might understand why Jesus invites us to take up our cross and follow him. And St. Paul tells us to the Romans that we were indeed buried with him through baptism into death. That's where our cross began. It didn't begin in some tragedy. It didn't begin in some diagnosis or some moment of grief. It didn't begin anywhere else other than in our own baptism. Each one of us is given a cross to carry. We don't like that cross sometimes. We don't like being uncomfortable. A few years ago, I read something, heard something that, you know, in order to kind of embrace discomfort, the psychologist was saying this, to take cold showers. I don't know about you, but I hate cold showers. I don't like them. The few times I've had to take them, I really don't like them. The water heater is broken. But there's something about embracing the discomfort. Because it reminds us that God has something more for us. Pope Benedict tells us, we were not created for mediocrity. We're created for greatness. We're not created for comfort. We're created for greatness. 
And that greatness comes only when we embrace our cross, only when we love God first. And when we do, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Jesus is not telling us to hate in the common sense. He does elsewhere tell us, uh, but it's put in second is the way we need to understand that word that, that is used. It's almost a mistranslation. Jesus is telling us to love God first because we do have a God who is jealous for us. He wants all of us, but he also wants us to share with others. Our love is not divided when we love God first. Our love, rather, is multiplied because he first loved us.